this information is just going to get lost. This next generation is not going to get this information. I mean, any other genre, you can go to a university and study it formally. But our genre, which has the best engineers on the planet, no one's going to no one's going to learn this stuff. It's just going to go away. Like what happens when the generation above me is no longer there? Ghost Cult Magazine is super pumped and my favorite word stoked to welcome in E.L. Levi of Doth and URM Academy and a whole bunch of uh, producing many hats that you wear, my friend. Well, happy to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so good to see you. So much to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, just hope you're well. It's always a crazy time in the world and I, I don't want to forget that we're all people peopling and the music business is very cold clinical sometimes and and there's not enough people in it so i hope you're good everybody around you is that. good we're all little anxiety cucumbers getting wrung out in the world i hope you're good too i am i'm hanging in there a little bit of a sniffle today but other than that i'm i'm swell out here on the west coast but you know you're, you're the main thing you have been doing for the past many years is urm academy educating yeah. The next generation of music makers and producers. There are whole forums, discords, and reddits online dedicated to URM, in addition to your own, you know, platform. So if you don't mind, let's dial it back for one second before we talk about the new new release and talk about, you know, just kind of why you started this, how this, you know, you were producing records, you were an in-demand session musician yourself, you had Doth a long time. And then you kind of transitioned into this. So how did this come about? How did URM get started? So uh, I remember the days of trying to learn how to produce bands. And there was literally zero information anywhere about it. And I think anyone from my generation and older can relate. And maybe even a little younger too can relate to just having to go on this massive detective hunt to just unearth clues on how the people who make the records you listen to do anything and you didn't know if you were getting good information and i think a lot of us wasted a bunch of time with developed a bunch of bad habits and just not that experimenting is bad but i think that we all could have learned a lot faster if there was anybody to help us now the best producers out there always had great mentors but for everybody else, uh, you're just kind of like out in the wilderness. And you could have gone to a traditional school, but they didn't show you how to do metal at traditional schools. That you would, you could learn the basics, the technical side of proper recording. But the thing about metal is that even though you do need to know some of the proper side of recording, there are very specific things you do in metal. And uh, no one was showing that anywhere. People just had to kind of figure it out for themselves. And I was getting this feeling kind of around 2010 that uh, things were starting to go bad in metal. Like I just felt like the recording quality is starting to get bad. Like bands are becoming worse musicians. I was watching this happen in front of my eyes. Like to watching this like with the bands I was recording and I was just noticing this on tour like there were great bands but i just it just like was this beginning of this dark period for metal and there was all that talk about our labels even going to exist in a few years like we all thought that the that the floor was falling out from under us like 
what everybody said about, I guess, downloading, you know, before streaming, what it was going to do to the record industry. I think it took 10 years to really feel its effects. But right around 2009, 2010, that's when we started to feel the, the fear of all of this going away. And I was thinking to myself, I worked my ass off for this. And I know so many people in metal who are great. They're great musicians, great engineers. And this information is just going to get lost. This next generation is not going to get this information. I mean, any other genre, you can go to a university and study it formally. But our genre, which has the best engineers on the planet, no one's going to no one's going to learn this stuff. It's just going to go away. Like what happens when the generation above me is no longer there? Like what's going to happen to that body of info? And so it just dawned on me that someone needs to do something about that and try to get that body of information documented, but not just documented in an abstract way. If there has to be a way to teach it to people uh, to where they can actually get results in real life with it. Cause it's not enough to, in my opinion, it's not enough to just document it and write books about it or make videos that show it to you in an abstract way. I wanted something that actually made a measurable difference for people. So it was kind of like, it was a combination of things. I was also not enjoying producing bands. I felt like Doth was on hiatus. It just seemed like I've come too far to like not utilize my expertise for something bigger than what I was doing and that had more of an impact. And so URM kind of came out of that like, that fear of things going away and knowing that there's a better there's a better future out there but those of us who have the expertise need to be the ones to help create that future because who else is going to do it there is nobody else so it, it was kind of is that and then you know there was a series of events that led to it making sense like you know being involved with creative live right when Creative Live started their audio channel, like uh, my best friend, Finn McKenty, who he runs the Punk Rock MBA uh, YouTube channel and also is like director of operations at URM. Like he was working at this company, Creative Live, about 10 years ago. And they were one of the OG online education companies. And he was pitching them to start an audio channel. And I helped him with that pitch, even though I didn't work for them. And I was the only producer he knew. So I once they approved the pitch, I did the first uh, course, like the first audio course on there, and it went really, really well. Surprisingly enough, it went super well, and so I did more and more. And then, so you just, you take the fact that that was working. It was obviously working. I had like very measurable results right in front of me. My courses, you know, I was introducing Finn to my network, and he was bringing on producers that were way more famous than me, but my courses were doing better than theirs. and. um it, that to me was like, okay, so I have some data here telling me that there's something here. Plus I have this feeling, this dark feeling about the future of metal and that I was talking about earlier. This is kind of, this is the answer right here. This is like, this is working and this will solve that problem. So that's what basically led to it. You know, the rest is basically history but that's that's what led to me starting urm nice thanks for unpacking all that and i definitely want to shout you out for saying you know i think there's a history of you know like you said a lack of mentors 
And there's definitely been a thing in metal where producer types have chased trends. One record just takes off for some reason and everybody tries to emulate that sound for better or usually worse. And so I love that you, you know, the loudness war and there was a period of time when mastering just went away suddenly, like people weren't paying for it. I was like, uh, okay, not understanding what mastering does or is and why things sound different on vinyl than on CD or digital. And um, it's, and also the, uh, the other thing I want to highlight that she said is I love the idea of not just rote learning, but teaching to impart wisdom that someone can take with them in action in their work, in their life for their band which is so crucial in general, just as a, as a teacher. So you have obviously a natural gift and desire to teach and pass on what you know, because a lot of times the, the search for knowledge, you get brick walls, right? Uh, I'm not going to show you everything I know because then you're going to be at my level, which is not teaching. That's just, you know, taking money. <laughs> that, that was something we came up against a lot in the early days of URM. Um, and well, I just want to point out the best metal producers always had mentors like Andy Sneap. He came up under Colin Richardson. Will Putney came up under machine. Zach Cervini, uh, who is just blowing the world up right now. He came up under Will Putney and machine. Like if you look at almost any of these great metal producers, they came up under somebody like that. That is part of it. They did not just get this knowledge spontaneously. They didn't just show up in their heads. There's a few freaks out there. One of my business partners, Joey Sturgis, he's one of those freaks who's totally self-taught, but that is such an anomaly. That's not how it normally works. The whole self-taught thing is when you hear about it, people talk about it, but they talk about it because it's such a rare, it's like a, it's a phenomenon. It's not, it's not the norm. And no, I think that it's a bad idea for people to expect themselves to be that weird genius like if you are that weird genius awesome but all the people i know who are that weird genius don't see themselves as that weird genius so uh so anyways like this mentorship thing is really really important like the best producers they pretty much all got the mentorship so where's everyone else gonna get it like where's that knowledge gonna come from and yeah like what difference does knowledge make if you don't know how to actually use it in real life? Like it's got to be practical in my opinion. And we've tested this too. We've tested courses and offerings that are more philosophy oriented versus things that are more practical results oriented and practical always wins. So the trick is to work the philosophy in to the practical, uh, to the practical side of things. Nice. And I really, again, Really appreciate that. Also, I have worked in online education, not for music. And what I find of the people I've been able to peer over their shoulder and see what they do with URM is the value. And so that's now I want to talk about the new thing. You have this incredible oh, can, can I say one thing first? Sorry to interrupt you. I realized that I totally did not answer something that you said before I spaced. Sorry, well, not to interrupt you, but about people not passing on the information and being scared of like helping people out because now they'll be at their level. That's something we came up against a lot at the beginning, this like gatekeeping and, uh, you know, acting like production was like the CIA or something. And this is some confidential privileged information. But what I think we have helped people understand is that by teaching other people how to do this, if you've got something of value, 
it's not going to take it away from you because there's no way they can sound like you. You can only sound like yourself. No, you can teach people all the techniques in the world, but you're not going to transfer your hearing or your brain into them. So, or your tastes or your tendencies, like that's non-transferable. So you get nothing to worry about. Just do the right thing and help people out and help them get better. And if anything, if you really are as awesome as you think you are, it'll just illuminate how great you are and, and then they'll hire you. Exactly. Uh, so well put. And thank you for that. I really appreciate that. That's great. I want more people to be like this. Why isn't everybody like this? Because everybody is not like this. Let's talk about how it's done, right? Sure. Which is a, is, a, is a recurring theme in a series, but also this new this new release with Jens Bongren and Isan, right? To, Jens, Jens' work speaks for itself. It's one of the greatest producers of all time, of all time. Yes. Let me say again, his Discogs is insane. He's worked on every band everybody loves. And then Isan is a master musician and artist, right? Across a lot of fields. And uh, if he wasn't doing metal, he'd I think he'd still find a way to make an impact musically. Um, and some of the stuff he's done is not metal at all, actually. And people should research his other things. So let's talk about, obviously, these are people you've circled around in your career. How did this collaboration come about? And then how did the program formulate? Because it's a, it's a very serious course. 35 hours, if I'm not mistaken. 35 That's hours. very intensive very very intensive course so the how it's done courses are our attempt to show you how it's done like start to finish not just like us coming up with some course like every step in real time with a great producer and a band that people care about there it's not like this abstract thing where we're telling you this is how pros do it like, this is actually how pros are doing it in real time on something that's going to get released. So they're under pressure. And, and so like, that's a real important key. It's like one thing is to show, to make a tutorial where you show somebody a technique and that's cool. It's really important. And I recommend studying that stuff, but everything changes once pressure comes into the situation. And typically with making courses or whatever, we're the ones under pressure because we're, you know, like I know that the teacher is under pressure because they got to deliver something cool, but like we're the ones on the line here because we're the ones releasing the course. If say it's nail the mix or something. Yeah. The mixer is on the line to deliver a good episode of it. However, that track that they're showing has already been released. So like their mix is already out there in the world. So even if they do a not so great job, that doesn't change the fact that they already did that mix for the band. It's already come out. Like it's a done thing. So they're just redoing it with how it's done. This stuff has not been released yet. There's this pressure from the label pressure that the artists have on themselves pressures that the producers have, like fans are going to hear this. People are going to react to it. Like they're making the actual real life decisions. They're not recreating anything. And so that layer of pressure and reality, it changes everything to marry that environment or that situation with a course that actually has practical how to step-by-step -step is, uh, is the idea behind the, how it's done courses. That's why they have to be long is because we are doing every single step and it is in real time. Some of the other ones are like, you know, Will Putney with I Artist Murder or Howard Benson with In Flames. So like these are serious bands with serious producers. Now we always wanted to do one with Jens. And we've worked with Jens before. We've done Nail the Mix with him before. He spoke at our summit. 
and I always wanted to work with him personally. It was my dream for him to mix Doth back in the day, and it didn't work out. But, like, I've always wanted to work with him. He's always been one of my absolute favorites. And if you've seen his Nail the Mix episodes, you know how meticulous he is. So we just kind of knew that doing how it's done with him, it would be insane. And the challenge was to find an artist who was, first of all, willing, but also good enough to, like, to good enough for Jens to really be able to totally do his thing because there are lots of artists who are good at like one thing, but then we would be leaving a lot of Jens's expertise on the table. Right. So it was like a one-sided artist, like a death metal band or something. I love death metal bands, but I'm just saying if it's like one kind of sound, there's so much stuff that Jens can do that like goes into his like, bigger picture recordings or like this broader style of recordings and productions that we wouldn't be able to do. We need to find an artist that is awesome, is diverse and is also willing. And then is also able to do it at the time that Jens is able to do it. And we're able to do this is a lot of things that need to be lined up. And the thing about Ishan is Ishan is one of us. And what I mean by one of us is, He's not a rock star. He's a musician. He's, uh, he is an artist. He's all about creating things. He's a learner. He's like a music dork, a gear dork. Like he's just like any of us. Like all he cares about is making cool stuff and, uh, like trying out cool stuff, pushing his boundaries and just creating like a true artist. And so for him, something like this was really awesome. Like he wanted to do this because he always wanted Jens to produce something of his and he loves what we do. Uh, and he felt like this would be the perfect opportunity to, for him to learn a lot about things he doesn't know about and also to have a production that he can like really, really spread his wings arrangement wise and have it produced on a level that he hasn't had before. And like, he's just, so like the the music dork side of him was just all about it. So I guess in the past, all the artists we've worked with are great on this, but they've just been the artist that's happens to be there. But like in this, Ishan was like a partner in the whole thing. So like he was very, very engaged. Like he wrote the song, The Observer, specifically for the course. And he like arranged like the best possible session musicians wrote, and arrange this track that it has so many different layers to it specifically so that we would have a lot to work with. Um, and he was very, very generous with, uh, being on camera and not hiding anything like not like being open to the whole thing. Like Jens changing his songs, like him showing himself, like struggling with a part or whatnot. Like he was, an open book. And so to have an artist who's of that stature, that ability to just be like, here I am, let's do this. That that's like, and lining it all up together. That's just a miracle. So it was just a lot of, uh, a lot of me emailing and, you know, thankfully Josh over at Bogren digital is kind of a killer. Like we are as far as getting things done. So like, you know, it was a good team as far as being able to line things up. But yeah, it just, it took a lot to be able to, I think we had it planned out like two years before we were able to even 
film the first thing. So yeah, man, a lot goes into these. And as far as like what's in it is, I don't know of any other course or like really any other way that you would get to see or learn from an artist and a producer at that level in that level of detail without being there working with them, like being the intern or something like I don't. And even if you're the intern, you're probably not going to get everything explained to you the way that it did in this course. You're expected to pick up a lot of stuff just through osmosis and you can't ask too many questions or you're going to throw them off their game and not get asked to come back. So like, I really don't know of any other thing that exists besides kind of some of the other courses we've made that go this far. And that is why it's 35 hours long. Like it's intense. There's a lot there. And then of course, like everything URM Academy does, there's a tremendous value for the money. So it's not just, you know, obviously education courses in general online are pricey, but certainly there's no shortage of expensive courses for musicians. But to me, I feel like this is almost value packed for the price. Like it's, I'd, I'd pay much more for this. If you told me, you know, guess how much it was, I wouldn't have guessed this price point. So I really applaud you in this day and age for making something affordable and so deep at the same time, because it's really unheard of across the board. Yeah. You know, it's funny when it, some people have told us that the price is too high and we're like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, do you know how much it would cost for you to like, spend this time with Jens, uh, or do you have any idea what it takes to put something like this together? It should cost 15 times as much as it does. But like here, the reason that we price the way we do, which is pretty inexpensive, like our subscriptions are inexpensive. Our courses are inexpensive relative to what's in them is two things. The reason we do that is number one, traditional audio school is so overpriced and people get such bad results. Like, yeah, we know some people who have gotten good results, but like people go into so much debt getting this knowledge is not very practical. And I feel like we need to be the, the answer to that because that's just not cool. It's not cool. We wanted people to be able to get this information and actually be able to afford it and not have to go into debt for it. And uh, we just built our business model off of being affordable and offering so much value that people did buy the, a lot of the courses and kept their subscriptions for a long time. It's funny, like when we came out, there were some people who were copying us. There still are, but there were some people who were copying us who were charging literally 10 times as much and they would make fun of us in their advertisements and like, you're like you know, like you get what you pay for and uh, like, how are they that's unsustainable. And my thoughts were like, you don't understand how sustainable it actually is when you do something that actually helps people. You don't have to, you don't have to overprice it. And then the second reason for why we kept the pricing affordable is precisely because of online courses, how scammy they tend to be. And like, there's so many scam artists on the internet who overprice garbage and we don't want any of that on us like none of that stink so like we purposefully have not entered that realm of pricing 
just because of the stigma associated with those ripoff courses. Of course, and uh, down with the scammers in general. I used to teach some yeah. music marketing and do some music marketing for labels and bands. And you wouldn't believe the stuff that people have uh, unfortunately been robbed of and lost their shirts to. Just as a just as an aside, I don't know if you can compartmentalize this, but as a musician and a fan, was there anything about the Yens and the Ishan course you learned that you didn't know about either one of them that like really enriched the experience for you, just seeing it develop? Yes and no. So you got to keep in mind that like I have done this for a long time. So I've made a lot of courses with a lot of great people. I've worked in the studio with a lot of great people, have toured with a lot of great artists, like grew up around great musicians. So like, it's not that there's nothing to learn, but, uh, but like, it's different. I have a different vantage point. That said, Jens is a genius. And so he thinks of things that are like, there's a lot of these, uh, wow, why didn't I think of that moments where it's like, he has the solution to something that, you know, it's like, that is so obvious. Like, why haven't I heard of this before? Like, why haven't I seen anybody do this? Why didn't I think of this? And like, that's like just scattered throughout the course. Like everything he does is so smart. And, uh, and so, yeah, actually on this one, I was, so I guess where I was going was I don't uh, like always learn new things when we do these. It, like I always learn something, but like, I'm not often getting these knowledge bombs where I'm like, holy shit, dude, that that's genius. Like not, not this much. And it was happening constantly. So yeah, there, there's ton of stuff like that all around, like from, from the way that the workflow of the session is laid out to just like really intelligent miking techniques to just like everything. And with Ishan and like, it's it's a little bit more uh, esoteric to say what I learned from him also because like I don't think I'm like the greatest musician on earth and nothing like that but like I've come pretty far with playing and arranging and stuff and so like I'm not at a level where I'm trying to like making a complex arrangement is foreign to me like doth arrangements are huge and a song no rest no end that we put out in february it's like 230 tracks in there and so i'm i am very familiar with complex arrangements but to get to to come from my vantage point of doing it the way i do it to get to kind of like watch how ishan thinks about stuff that has a similar level of complexity and um layers like it's a, it's really, really, it's fascinating to me, but again, it's a different vantage point because like, I like that kind of music is kind of like, is my thing. So I was just more just in awe by his creativity and his seriousness as an artist. And it's, a, uh, it's not exactly knowledge bombs It's more, it's just like really inspiring to be around people like him. And, uh, and being around people like him, so like, you know, watching the way he works, watching the way he thinks, like watching the way he solves problems, I can then relate that to things I do. And uh, it helps like that, but it's not a one-to-one. -one. It's not a one-to-one -one like with Jens, where it's like the angle of the, of the way you set up your lyric sheets is gonna cause some weird early reflections in your vocal mic. So you need to pay attention to that, uh, et cetera. Like, 
It's not not like that. Nice. Uh, just one last URM related question for now, which is, let's say I'm Joe Metal Guitar Guy and I want to make demos and produce my band's albums and stuff. Where do I get started? What is the first building block I reach for with URM to help get on that road? Uh, so I would say nailthemix.com uh, is where to start because you get access to Nail the Mix, but you also get access to Riff Hard. Riff Hard is our guitar site. Basically, URM started a guitar site called Riff Hard where like, it's all about metal guitar. Right? And right now we are in the process of moving Riff Hard all onto the URM site. But either way, Nail the Mix subscribers get Riff Hard access. Riff Hard subscribers get Nail the Mix access. And so what's really, really cool about that is there's some incredible instruction on metal guitar from some of the best players on earth, like Wes Hawk, Jason Richardson, Dave Davidson, just amazing people. And then you combine that with Nail the Mix. So with Nail the Mix, uh, you get access to Nail the Mix, but like that might be a little too advanced for people. We include this beginner course uh, along with it. And then we have this product called Mix Lab, which is, uh, and we have a bunch of them now, which is a series of bite-sized tutorials that, uh, that help with like every aspect of production. And then we have a really, really helpful community that gives feedback and helps out. So I would say the first step is to go to nailthemix.com, get that, and then check the beginner course. If you haven't really done this before and you want to check the beginner course and see if that's too beginner for you. If it's not, then awesome. Take the beginner course and see how you do after that. And then once you're done with the beginner course, I would suggest going into our community, asking them about some of the problems that you're having. Right. And then once you, you get some feedback to that, then start to go onto the site and address those particular issues based on what feedback you're getting from the community. Now, if you want to step it up uh, and like get like a real detailed plan of action, URM enhanced is our level up. And that's where we have like the in-depth hardcore tutorials about everything involved with production. You know, either way you go, you're going to learn a whole hell of a lot. I would say though, check out the beginner course and see if that's, too advanced or not for you if it's just right then awesome like just do that start there and there will be a very natural progression with where to go next if like you already kind of know some stuff then i would recommend just getting into the mix labs right away and start doing nail the mix episodes like start downloading those tracks and just do them and start entering into the mix competition every month because even if you don't like the song that we have or the band that we have the whole process of actually having to hand something in and then move on to the next one and move on to the next one. You will get better every single time. That's what, that's what I suggest. Nice. It sounds like the hands-on approach is the way to go. Uh, anyway, 100%. Learn by doing physically and technically, yes. not just uh, absorbing. It's great to absorb knowledge, but you got to actually do the thing. Yeah. And what's great about Nail the Mix is you are getting the tracks. So you are getting the tracks from the bands. Like I said, it's not just this abstract stuff. So like what we say, Opeth is on Nail the Mix, like you are getting the Opeth tracks. Like when we say Nickelback is on Nail the Mix, you are getting Nickelback tracks is the real thing. And I mean, how else are you going to be able to practice on Meshuggah tracks? So there's everything that we teach you, there's something included 
that you can actually do for yourself. Amazing. And I hope somebody out there is mixing Nickelback and Meshuggah right now, yeah. back to back. Just for a last thing, because I want to give you back your day. I really appreciate this interview. Uh, so many things uh, were unpacked here today as the sirens of San Francisco echo outside my window. <laughs> I wanted to ask about, Doc, this comeback has been tremendous. The music you've put out, the releases have been met with a lot of excitement, not just here at Ghost Cult, but everywhere, the fans and everything. And I just, uh, what does it mean to you to bring this band back after this long break? It's a miracle, man. I never thought this was going to happen. And it's a it's a very personal thing for me. Just, I, I got to say, going on hiatus was not my decision. It was, uh, it was not my decision. So, and I wasn't happy about it and I kept trying to like start it back up several times and, uh, was basically getting, uh, stonewalled about that. And then at one point I just kind of gave up and was thinking this is just never going to happen again. And for some reason in my head, I had this idea that it had to be with the old lineup. And so to me, if like, I couldn't get it going with them then couldn't get it going and that's how that's the mentality i had for a really long time and then one day in 2021 it just dawned on me i wanted to do it again and i didn't care who did it with me if like if they didn't want to do it with me it's going to do it anyways and i'd find new people and you know i was going to do it like end of story it's gonna happen and to actually revive the band after so long after so long and to find new people except for sean obviously so still have the same vocalist the the wonderful sean z but to find a new group of people who are on the same page and are as great as they are and who love the vision and sound like the perfect continuation that's again that's kind of a miracle it's like kind of a miracle in my opinion that metal blade came along and believed in it it's a miracle that it didn't like that none of it sucked i guess like because that was one of my big fears was you know sometimes bands do reunions and it's better that they had left it in the past and i, I you know i know some people who used to be great guitar players and then it's like, oh man, that's kind of sad. Ridley let himself go. And I don't ever want to be that person and never wanted us to be that band. And I have a lot of pride in the music we put out in the past and think that that old lineup was phenomenal and didn't want to shit all like it's not like we were ever some big band, but with for the people who loved us, like they really do love us. And they kept it they kept it alive for twelve years with us gone. And I didn't want to shit all over that for them or for me. And so it was really, really important for me that if we did anything, that it was not just like I mean, you might still love some of the old songs. That's great. Like you're always gonna have favorite songs, but that is crucial that the new material stood up with our best songs and is better than a lot of them and you know if you like dave and the slight better than the new stuff fine but cool I, at least you like one of my songs but but like we wanted the, to make sure that like the new material uh surpassed 
almost all, if not all of our old material and that it sounded just like us, but relevant and modern without like jumping on trends and just like picking up right where we left off. And uh, so to have been able to do that and for people to actually care about it and for a sick label to get behind it and to get all this support, it's uh, dude, it's uh, never expected it in a million years, but I'm very happy about it. We're all very happy about it. And uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to see it through as far as uh, as far as we can, basically. Amazing. I'm so stoked. I can't tell you how, how much I was waiting for this. And I'm going to put it out. Speaking of uh, shouting out Metal Blade and props to them, I'm going to put it out in the universe. The tour that I want is Job for a Cowboy and Doth. I don't care what else <laughs> has to happen. Like Somebody, the old days. Some I know, exactly. I need that energy back. Somebody bring it back. Both bands, you know, maybe eventually going to get that JFAC something something they've worked on is coming so hey cory taylor you hear that <laughs> Corey taylor take take us out <laughs> right on oh i would love for that to happen you deserve it and you deserve everything good and awesome for all the things you have done back for this community thank you thank you, you know for hanging out with us today and just sharing so much and and thank you for these courses and and everything else you do thank you i appreciate it yeah man thanks for hanging with ghost cult and again best of luck hopefully we'll see you out there on the road someday again you will